Good morning. Glad you could join us today. My wife and I agreed on something the other day that I normally don't do. I told her that I would go shopping with her. Now, it is not my favorite thing. Kroger, I can handle, and so that's where we were going. We go into Kroger together, and the difference is, is that when we go shopping in Kroger, she actually looks for food, for things to buy. I look for people. And so she's buying, and I'm circling Kroger, and I'm finding different people to talk with and keeping my six feet difference and that, that kind of thing. But I, I, I am looking for people, and I'm finding people. And it's just a, a great thing because I am a people person. I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one activity that happens. I was sharing this with one of the other preachers. He actually lives in our town, but he preaches in another town. And I said, hey, I was looking for you. I went around Kroger three times, and I didn't even see you. Pause. And then he says, oh, I saw you. The meaning was is that he's an introvert, and he wasn't looking for anybody to talk with. I was looking for people. He saw me. I'll tell you what, this whole COVID thing re makes us each react in different ways. I am starved for people. He is fine without people. Now, he's good within the church and the context of the church and having the programs and teaching and preaching and whatever, but it is not where he gets his energy. He gets his energy from being alone, introvert. My wife, the introvert, I'm the extrovert. It affects each of us in different ways. My mother, 90 years old, suffered a stroke three weeks ago. She is now in a nursing facility in hospice care. And because she's in a stable situation, we are unable to go see her. For three weeks since she's had the stroke, we have not been able to visit with her. It's just a different kind of time, folks, and I pray that you will find the good in it because there is good to be had or God would not be allowing it to happen. So I would just want to pray with you for a moment, and then we're going to get into what the Scriptures have for us, all right? Father, I just pray that as we go through this whole distancing thing and, and everything else, it, it's disrupted all of us to a degree. I pray that you would help us to find the good in it is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Within this, I was watching uh, online Andre's message from last week, Mother's Day. And so talking about family, and in particular mothers, I thought that I would tag off of that and go to the family of God. There's an immediate family that we have, and then there's a family of God that we have. And I believe that it goes something like this. God has established two organizations in the world, one being the family, the immediate family. The second is the church, the greater context of family, because what he does is allows us to grow up in the intimacy of one in order to be able to understand the other, the church. But then when we really get a good picture of that, then we understand what heaven's going to be like because that is the intimacy of family for all of eternity. I'll tell you what, I appreciated Andre's message. I appreciate what the staff here is going through, what the leadership is going through, because it's different. It's altogether different. And honestly, these are not weeks of vacation for these guys. They are in a learning curve, doing things differently, a different rhythm to life, 
but it's no different than what you're experiencing as well. So the stress is there. And what I want you to do is kind of think about family, immediate family, church family, and then eternal family. We each have a different experience growing up within an immediate family. I with all the brothers. Different kind of a look. A different look at mom and dad just because of the birth order. I am the second born. And so whatever the first born was doing, I wanted to be able to do it as well. And there was that kind of, if you can do it, I can do it kind of mentality that has followed me all of life. For him, first one through. First one for the parents, and so a little harder on him than they were on me. Thank you, David, for being the first one. Just all of these things within a birth order, within our own personalities, they're all different. If you're a parent, you understand that as soon as your child is born, you can sense a personality right away. Environment. The family is one environment, but then neighbors are another, and school systems, and different people that come into their lives, and the whole thing. They all have an influence within our lives of our immediate family. Family. It's the best thing when it's working right. But when it's not working right, it can be the hardest thing as well. One of my brothers decided that he was just going to leave the family. And so we have not heard from him in 25 years. 25 years. Got angry with the family, left the family. We haven't heard from him. Another of my brothers decided that because I'm a part of the organized church and he had had some problems within organized church, that it was all a ruse, that it was all under the influence and under the direction of Satan himself. And he actually warned me to repent and to get out of the church. That's his take. That's, that hurts. When what I love deeply and what God loves deeply is now being ridiculed by a family member. We each have family that we're born into. We don't get to pick family when it comes to those kind of things. But we all learn life lessons because of family. But then it's pretty much the same within the church family. When we choose to become a Christian, we don't get a choice of who's in that family. We get to choose the father. We get to choose Jesus as our older brother. We get to choose the, high, the Holy Spirit as our major influencer within. But we don't get to choose our brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes family members can be pretty hard. But they're still family. Even as immediate family is blood-related, we are also blood-related as far as the church. It's not our blood, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that blood relationship, he brings us into a connection of family. And so that's what I want you to think about today. I miss the fellowship of the church. I miss it deeply, not just because I'm an extrovert, but I miss it because I believe that that's why God created us, is for relationship. And when we are distanced, and when we are isolated, then we are not what God intended us to be. He intended us for relationship. Adam and Eve, he intended us for relationship. He walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And ever since then, life is about relationships. And so this has become very difficult for many 
of us. I miss that fellowship. It's the Apostle Paul who then, when he's writing to Titus, says to Titus, my true son in the faith, in our common faith. When he's writing to Timothy, he says basically the same thing. To Timothy, my son in the faith. But then in the book of Timothy, he says something more about family. And he says this, you need to treat older men as your father, not harshly, but encourage them. You need to treat younger men as your brothers. You need to treat the older women as your mother. And you need to treat younger women as your sister with absolute purity. And so he kind of goes through these four parts of a family. The two that he spends the most time on is the father and the sister. Those who are your father... Sometimes they can be seen as hard, disciplinarians, stuck in their old ways, stubborn, but yet you're supposed to treat them with encouragement and respect, not harshly. Respect who they've been, respect what they've done within the body of Christ, and love them for it. But let them know that it's now your turn to carry the baton, and you're going to do the best that you can to honor God with the truth, to honor God with the genuine love that he expects within his family, and that they need to be your supporters. They need to be your encouragers because now it's your turn to carry the baton. And then that last one, sisters. Yeah, treat you the younger women within the church as your sister. This came on me early as a young preacher within Christ, is that there would be those that I would establish relationship with, and then all of a sudden there's temptation of. And I would quote this verse of Scripture over and over again, and it kept me from many a dangerous situation that I was to treat younger women within the church as though they were my sister. Now, for those of you who know me, you know that I never had any sisters. I had five brothers that I grew up with, but no sisters. But I would treat them as though they were my sister. My wife and I are trying to downsize, and in this COVID time, we put our house on the market. And so we're trying to do some downsizing, moving to a little smaller place and a little less to take care of, those kind of things. And we were talking about this one day, and I thought, you know what? This would be fun. But what happens if our house sells, but we haven't found another place to live yet? We're not sure whether we're going to stick close to where we are, if we're going to be close to where Corinne's dad is. We're really not sure where we're going to be going. What happens if our house sells, but we don't have any place to go? And I thought, you know what would be fun? We'll put this on Facebook that if we don't have any place to go, I'm going to take a new kind of a twist of this thing, and we're going to throw out a lottery here. Whoever wins the lottery, this is what they get. They get my wife, who cooks well, cleans well, and even does toilets. 
And I thought that would be a great kind of lottery. Now, the downside of that is, is that they also have to accept me into the family as well. So we put this thing on Facebook, had a lot of good responses with this. One of them, just a couple that I love dearly, and, and they know my sense of humor, and I know theirs. And the one response was, you know what? You could be the brother that I never wanted. How about that? And I thought, she knows my sense of humor. I loved it. I loved it. Another one, as you're putting the thing out there and the responses are coming in, she goes, me, me, pick me. And they just, it was just a fun thing to do. We actually got five or six different families that would be willing to take us in if our house sells and we don't have any place to go to yet. But the lottery, the winnings of the lottery, is because they would get my wife. But that's the church family. You see, we have poured ourselves for almost 20 years into the church at Sunbury. And we've made family, brothers and sisters in Christ, who would be willing to take us in and just love us and help us through the time. It's what Jesus wanted us to understand. When Jesus taught us the model prayer, what did he teach us? The very beginning of it is what? Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven. He wanted to bring us into a relationship that he already had with the Father. And so he's taking us from where we are and elevating our position so we understand it's not a God that we need to fear. It's not a God who, who just, but it's a God who just wants to wrap his arms around us as family provide for us, to care for us, to comfort us, to encourage us. That's family. And even Jesus, when he's talking to his Father in heaven, calls him Abba, Father, Dad, Daddy. And there's that intimacy of relationship, but not only for him, but also for us. Because it's the Apostle Paul that says, when you address him, Address him as Abba, Father, Dad. That's what he wants us to understand. That's what he wants us to come into is that relationship that says, by the Holy Spirit is now within us, Dad, I need your presence. I need your wisdom. I need your comfort. We are family. I have been memorizing passages of Scripture since we've had this time of isolation. And the passage of Scripture that comes uh, to me on a daily basis now is Psalm and chapter 8. It's the idea that, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, and with the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to still, to quiet the foe and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you would care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels, and yet you have set him with honor and glory. 
You have made him to be ruler over everything that you have created. You've put everything under his feet, the herds and the flocks and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, the creator of the universe who's put all things at our feet, that's our dad. It's your dad. It's my dad. When we're born into a family, we don't get a choice. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and God as Father, we don't get a choice. The real choice is all about accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When they came to Jesus and trying to trip him up and saying, hey, when we get to heaven, what about marriage? What about kids? What about family? And Jesus said, you don't know the power of God and you don't know Scripture. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to be as the angels in heaven with neither mother nor father nor family because we will be one family of intimacy. We don't picture the angels as having a mom and a dad, and, and so that's how we're going to be. We're not going to have to wonder about whether or not our brother and sister cares for us. They're there because they do. We're not going to have to worry about their motives because they want to honor God. That is family. It brings me to the place in Matthew in chapter 12. And while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And his reply, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to the disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. It's interesting when he does that, he never says Father because we all have one Father. But he's bringing us into that relationship of intimacy that has family down here, marred, not perfect, understandably so. We're in a fallen world in which Satan wants to attack the two things that God has established, the family and his church. And in fact, the church in the Old Testament, that's the church that was in the wilderness. That's the word that's used. His family, intimacy of what we're born into, his family, the intimacy of what we become when we're in Christ, his eternal family, that someday we will understand all about relationship that he has tried to get us to understand. In conclusion this morning, I just want you to think about whatever it is that you're going through, there are good things that are going to come out of it. There is an intimacy with God that he wants you to have and to understand. 
And when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are born again into the family of God. Would you pray with me? Father, we just pray that Jesus Christ would be Lord of our lives, that what you say we want to do. It's not just because you told us to. We want to obey the will of the Father. And Father, with the church that is at large right now, I pray that you'll be with each family member. Help them through the times that they're going through, each with different personalities, each with a different stress level, but, Father, that they would find the good that's to come from it because you are our dad. Thank you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.